Listener story number one. They broke up with me after three years of dating via text. The last thing he said to me was, another whammy, I voted for Trump. No. Please, no. You said three years of dating? Yeah, it's the text breakup for me. That's a wild. A text breakup after three years. If I give you three years of my life and you break up with me via text, I'm going to prison. That's how it's going to happen. There's absolutely no way that you're going to break up with me via text after that long. Also, just to throw in like the little dash of like, I voted for Trump. It's it's like you really didn't have to do that. Now you're just being right. mean. Right. All right. Hit me with yours. All right. Listener story number two. I broke up with a guy I'd been seeing for two months on a walk in a public park. He then sobbed for 45 minutes. Ay, ay, ay. It's not the emotion because we love a man with emotion. It's the fact that it was 45 minutes after seeing him. I mean, two months. I, I guess it could be serious, but I would assume that's quite casual. So the 45 minutes of crying doesn't seem to match, in my opinion. I feel like there is a ratio for the amount of time you date and then the time that you can publicly sob. You know what I mean? And so the two months two months to 45 minutes just doesn't add up. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry, it, dude. It doesn't. <laughs> All right, you have the last one? Yeah, listener story number three. My boyfriend broke up with me five minutes before New Year's in front of a bunch of strangers. No. No. Yes. Yes. On New Year's. Oh, I wonder, do you like go home with him at that point? No, right? Really not. Do you still kiss them at midnight? No, a hundred percent no. But I will say there was a positive outcome. So this listener followed up and said she's glad that this happened because she met someone else shortly after and they got married 18 months later. So she found the love of her life because her stupid boyfriend broke up with her in a very terrible way. You know, I feel like that's the ultimate story behind our podcast is that all of these traumatic things that happen. We go to therapy and then there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know? We can't find purpose and meaning in it all. Hi, I'm Lexi. And I'm Lane. And this is My Therapist Told Me, the podcast where we unpack our lives and encourage you to do the same. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you, Lex? So good. I'm so happy to be talking to you today about breakups. No, not breakups. This is so sad. No, it's not. People do not deserve us, and therefore, they break up with us. I don't know. <laughs> we can cut that up. No, I love I, I think that you're right. They break up with us because 
they don't realize the treasure that they have sitting in front of them. Mm, the diamond. Yes. Okay, so I want to jump in by quizzing you. So pretend that you're on Jeopardy. Do you know how to play Jeopardy? I do, in fact, know how to play Jeopardy. Okay, so the average American adult experiences how many major relationship breakups? Well, that wasn't stated. That wasn't like the form of a of Jeopardy. Yes, it was. Wasn't it? No, you asked a question. I'm supposed to ask the question based on the statement that you give me. Can you repeat the question for me now? Sure. The average American adult experiences how many major relationship breakups? I'm going to say three. What? How did you know that? You said major breakups, right? Yeah. I w- What? How do you always get these right and I always get them wrong? I, I have I feel like three is like a, a, a normal number. It's like you have like that one high school relationship, the college relationship, like maybe once or twice, and then you most of the time have found your person. Well, I have experienced three major relationship breakups. So unless the next person I find is my soulmate, then I will be more than average. So that's cool. I mean, you're always above average though, Lex. <laughs> you're just an above average human being. Oh, oh. So we heard some of our listeners' worst breakup stories at the beginning of this episode, but I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'd love to hear your worst breakup story, Lane. Oh, no. I'll also share mine, if that makes you feel better. It does. Do we want a a straight breakup or the other gay relationship I had breakup? No, I I think a gay breakup, because I don't think your straight breakup was serious, right? No, but... I, I did break up with a girl on Easter Sunday, and she was very religious, which was, like, the the worst part. Why were you so upset about the New Year's one, then? You did the same thing. Oh, I mean, Easter, New Year's, like, eh, you know. I'm sure Jesus threw down on New Year's, too. Like, he would be mad about that one. So the worst breakup that I had, I only had, like, one serious relationship before dating Andrew and... I was dating this guy for a couple of months and mysteriously out of the blue one day, he had went a little silent on me for the past few days, hadn't been responding to my texts as quickly. And so finally I was just like, let's have a conversation about all of this. So I drove over to his apartment and met him out front and just asked what was going on and Ultimately, he just in front of the his apartment on the street, literally we were standing in the middle of the street, told me that it was over. And I was like, oh, OK, perfect. And so I'm crying. I had a, a major exam the next day. I go to the library and I'm sitting there trying to study and my tears are falling down my face. And I'm in a study oh. group, mind you. Like there are people are sitting oh, around no. me. And oh, no. Then I got the, like, I want you back text that night. But no joke, I of course I, I did it. And then a month later to the day, 30 days later, the man does the exact same thing. Like, 2AT, the exact same thing. Ghost me in front of his apartment in the middle of the street, breaks up with me, and then I'm crying while I'm studying for my exam the next day. Like, horrible, <laughs> horrible situation. At least he's consistent. Well... I guess if there is one thing. <laughs> yeah. 
that was a good story. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, now I have to hear yours. Well, I've decided to share two because I've dated so many terrible men that honestly I could share like 12, uh, but I narrowed it down to two. I would say the worst time I've been broken up with was when I was traveling for a few weeks. And similar to you, he like totally ghosted me toward the end of the trip. And I got weird vibes the whole time. But then when I got home, I like went over to his apartment and he was like, no, everything's fine. And then I helped him move. And then as I was about to leave, he broke up with me. And I was like, oh, so I just really helped you move. And then you're going to you're going to end things. So he really played me, but I respect the hustle. Honestly, he got your free labor and then said goodbye. I mean, if we're being honest, we could pull in a little Brittany here and say, like, if you want a hot body, you need to work. And <laughs> in that case, you did that labor so you could look hotter I later did. in life. Sure, sure, sure. On the reverse side, I was dating someone casually, but it had been like six months at this point. And so we went on a trip together with a bunch of our friends and he was acting like super immature and it was a terrible time and he was like not being nice to me. And so I was like, yeah, this is over. But we had a seven hour <laughs> drive back to Raleigh. So I just put my headphones in and didn't talk to him. No, you did. The entire time. I did. And then I feel bad because, like, when we got back, I'm not normally one to avoid conflict, but I just didn't have the energy to, like, deal with that. And I was 19, and I, it was also final season, and so I definitely also ghosted him, and I would do things differently now, but Would's... it was just not not it. Yes, I don't ghost people now. I'm I'm so mature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm convinced. <laughs> No, I am convinced. I've I've seen you handle relationships at this phase in your life and you are you're definitely mature when it comes to it all. So thank you. Well, that's enough about me. Today we're gonna talk about how to get over breakups in a healthy way. And while it's obviously hard to pinpoint the exact time that it takes to recover from an ended relationship, a recent study by Healthline found that it takes on average about four months to heal from a breakup and about 18 months to heal from a divorce. And I know that this timeline can certainly be influenced by a wide variety of factors like how serious the relationship was, how old you are, or even if the relationship was healthy or toxic. But I do think that's just an interesting starting point to think about the timeline of the healing journey. Yeah. So... Four months. I can't decide if that feels really long or not long at all. Yeah, I, I think it really depends, like I said, on the types of factors. But they say four months because that's the typical timeline for going through the five stages of grief. So no matter what the circumstances are, including if you were the one to initiate the breakup or the one who was broken up with, there are five stages that most people experience during a split. So the first is denial. During this stage, you may think that your partner will come back to you if or when the time is right. I know that in this stage, I typically say things like, oh, well, if we're meant to be, we'll end up back together in the future once we've worked on ourselves. And it's super normal to feel this way. 
because this stage gives your heart and your head the time to adjust to the new situation. The second stage is anger, which is my personal favorite. <laughs> um, I call myself, <laughs> I call, for those of you out there who aren't friends, which are mostly the people listening to the pod, but maybe one day strangers will listen. I call myself the trifecta because I'm an Aries, a ginger, and an Italian. So when I get angry, I get angry. You're right. It, it is the trifecta. And I think the Italian is the most dangerous part. So, uh, But in this anger phase, you may get angry at your partner for a wide variety of reasons. Maybe it's because they caused you pain or ruined your carefully laid plans. Or maybe you're even mad at yourself for not seeing the signs that this was coming. Either way, it's super important not to make rash decisions during this time that you might regret later. The third stage is bargaining. Here you may try to restore your relationship or even attempt a friendship with your ex. If you're religious or spiritual, you may pray to someone or something and make some sort of compromise. So, for example, if we get back together, I promise I'll volunteer every weekend. You're willing to offer up a lot of things to get that relationship back. I was just thinking about the bargaining piece and, you know, praying to to someone or something. As a Catholic, is there like a patron saint of breakups that you pray to? No. Let me look it up, though. Patron saint of breakups. Of heartbreak? Like something like that? Yeah. Mary Magdalene is the saint of the brokenhearted. So uh, I suppose you could pray to her if you're a Catholic and you're listening and you're bargaining, which seems like a very niche audience of people. But This is like, it's like the uh, diagram of the filter that you see. And it just like <laughs> yeah. slowly gets smaller and smaller. And then the last drop that comes out is Lexi. The fourth stage is depression. In this stage, you begin to really grieve the end of the relationship and may feel overwhelmed by sadness. In this phase, it's super important to resist the temptation of numbing the pain, but rather embrace all of the emotions because ultimately embracing those is what will help you heal in the end. And then the final phase is acceptance. Now, this doesn't mean that all the hurt and the pain has gone away. But in this phase, you really begin to acknowledge what happened and use it as an opportunity to learn from the mistakes and have an even better relationship with someone else in the future. Lex, you recently have been through a breakup. And so I'm curious, did you talk to your therapist about it? Uh, of course, you know, I did. Uh, there was a couple of things that really came out in therapy when talking specifically about breakups. The first one we'll talk about is running into your ex. So oh I feel like one of the greatest fears that people have after a breakup is running into their ex, especially if you live in the same city or work in the same area. But a new problem that we have in this modern era is that even if you don't see your ex in person, you see them all over social media. And so that was something that I personally was struggling with because I've noticed that some of my exes have actually started posting more after we broke up, almost as a way to prove to the world or maybe me or maybe even themselves 
that they are thriving and surviving without me dragging them down, which is their choice. And that's fine. But I'm the type of person where once we break up, I don't want anything to do with you. In the past, I have blocked almost every single one of my ex-partners on social media because I just wanted a clean break and I didn't want the temptation of being able to check their social media and see what they're doing. And so I asked my therapist if this was a cruel way to approach this situation because it's not that I'm trying to hurt their feelings, but rather protect my own. And she explained that it's totally valid to want to set boundaries for myself. And if this is the best avenue to do that, then I shouldn't feel bad about it. Oh, I don't think it's a bad way to set boundaries. If that's what works for you, you know, for you and your your trifecta, then when you get angry, if you have to block somebody, then that's what, you know, you should do if it feels right to you. Yeah. And this was honestly a real breakthrough for myself because typically I'm quite bad at setting boundaries. I have a really hard time saying no to people or feeling like I let them down. But I realized that when it comes to healing from a split by prioritizing myself and setting these boundaries, it was a really helpful way for me to move forward. So my advice, my unsolicited advice, really, (laughs) if you're going through a breakup, is to block that person or if blocking seems too severe to mute or unfollow or something to give you that space to breathe without constantly having to see what they're doing. And social media is totally fake anyways and they're probably struggling just as much as you are. So remember that for sure. The next thing that I talked about with my therapist is the idea of closure. So it may seem counterintuitive that I want closure after I just talked about outright blocking people when I'm done with them. Um, But I really like having things in my life all nicely packaged up and tied with a bow. But unfortunately, that's not realistic because breakups are rarely a clean cut. And so I just described how even though I didn't want to see my exes after my breakup, I still wanted a way to move past it on my own. And so my therapist gave me some great ideas for getting closure that I can do independently. Because at the end of the day, even if you have that conversation with your previous partner that you've dreamed of, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the answers that you want or that it will even help you heal. And so we wanted to focus on some things that I could do to empower me regardless of if I had an interaction with that ex or not. The first thing that I did was make a list of the questions that I would ask my ex if we could have a reasonable, mature conversation. So things like, what was happening here? Or why did you choose this now when you told me this? And this activity helped me to see what things and ideas about the relationship that I was really holding on to. I did something similar to that in therapy when it came to talking with my parents, which sounds weird, Mm. but the same idea of like a broken relationship. And if you could sit down and have a conversation with them and put your questions out there, you know, what do you think their response would be and how would you respond to that? And to have that conversation internally really allowed me to process a lot of what I was feeling and put maybe a little closure, even though my relationship with my parents isn't closed, but it it definitely added uh a layer of me being able to to reckon with a lot of the things that I was feeling in regards to that relationship. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. I think this activity can be helpful regardless of if it's uh, romantic or some other type of relationship. The next thing that I did was to make a list of the best parts of the relationship and the things that were really hard or not so great. And this serves a dual purpose because first off, when I am in the bargaining or depression phase and can only think about how much I wish I was back in that relationship, the negative list can pull me back into reality and show me that it wasn't as perfect as my mind is making it seem. But secondly, when I'm in the acceptance phase, I can look back on all the positive things and experiences that I had with that partner and remind myself that the relationship did serve a purpose in my life and provided me with happy times, even if it didn't end how I expected it to. The third thing that I did was to make a list of qualities that I would like my future partner to have. Some are non-negotiables, like wanting to have a family and being willing to take adventures outside, but others are what I call sprinkles on the cake. So things that would make the relationship even better, but would not stop me from getting into the relationship if they didn't have it. Things like them being Italian. <laughs> oh, that's not a make or break? That's not a non-negotiable? <laughs> I'm, I'm expanding what I'm expecting from a partner. Uh, but other things, small things, like I love to celebrate everything, birthdays, achievements, just good days. And so someone who is willing to celebrate would be sprinkles on the cake, but I will force them to do it anyway. So even if they don't come in with that, they can learn that, you know? So I think that's definitely a learned trait. Anybody can learn to celebrate the good days, but I need to know, where do I fall on this list? So the list was actually inspired by you, Lane. So it's oh, no uh, way. Uh, yeah. So my perfect partner is you, but into women. Interested in women. Cause I'm oh, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the one place I don't qualify that and I don't like redheads. But... Yeah. Oh that... <laughs> no 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 no. That Wait, is too far. <laughs> Remember when we have we had our other friend in college, she was a ginger and she would always tell everyone <laughs> that the only reason I wasn't into her was because she was a ginger. And it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that's the reason, but. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, this list is not a rubric that is meant to guide every move of my life, but I do think that it helps me to be more intentional about the types of people that I will seek out for future relationships. And the final thing that I talked about with my therapist is finding the opportunities in a time of singleness. So again, if you've listened to previous episodes, my therapist loves the idea of shifting a perspective, and it's worked really well in my life. So after grieving the loss of the relationship and all the associated things that come along with that, I've worked to really utilize this time to do things that I've always wanted to do. This includes investing in relationships with friends, which can sometimes be put on the back burner when you have a serious partner. Um, after my most recent breakup, I had the best few months of scheduling girls trips and like visiting you, Lane, and just doing things that 
I hadn't been able to do in a while or just going out for food and drinks with friends after work or on the weekend. It really filled my soul so much and just helped me to remember that I have the most amazing support system in the whole world and that I should continue to be intentional with spending time with them, whether I'm in a relationship or not. I think that's my favorite piece of advice so far because it got you to come see me in New York. So, Yeah, I loved that. That was so much fun. I'm glad I got dumped. The silver linings? Yeah, for sure. Uh, But reinvesting in relationships also includes reinvesting in a relationship with yourself. And that means spending time with yourself, being kind to yourself, and doing the things that you've wanted to do but haven't had the time or the motivation to. So for me, that was two major things. The first was starting this podcast with my best friend, which we had been dreaming up for almost a year. So that was Mm -hmm. a really special opportunity. And the second was getting my yoga teacher certification. It was a huge time commitment that I had wanted to pursue for literal years, but it was something really meaningful to me and I'm super proud of myself for completing it. So yeah, prioritize yourself, prioritize your relationships, and pursue the things that you've dreamed of but didn't think you could when you were in a partnership. So Lane, that's what I have. What are your takeaways from today? Yeah, I feel like my biggest takeaway is the piece that you were just saying there at the end, just about you know, when you, when you go through a breakup, being able to prioritize yourself and realize that even when you're in a relationship, you can still do all of the things that you want to do, um, whether it's see friends or do a yoga teacher certification or start a podcast with your best friend. You can find that balance between spending time with your partner and still doing the things that matter to you. I, I mean, it's a lesson I've had to learn. I think that Andrew's had to learn it too, especially once we started living together, finding that balance, you know, can get even more tough. But it's definitely something that I appreciate you shared because it's applicable to both breakups, but also to like each and every one of us that we're the most important person in our lives for the most part. Such a good point. Yeah, I think that it definitely becomes a point of once you learn to do that on your own, you are better equipped to keep that sort of mentality when you're in a relationship. So I definitely agree. Is there anything else that you have to say to the people? All I have left to say is go to therapy. Go to therapy, everyone. If you're in a breakup, go to therapy. It will help, I think. We'll see you in therapy. We'll see you in therapy. (laughs)